Good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Ramona, and this is our second episode of Let's Talk About It. This my name is Ramona, Pastor Ramona. I am with um, Pastor Monica, and on our we're on our second episode. This is my second episode of Let's Talk About It. Um, and just to give a little bit of background, um, I wanted to do something different with this podcast. I wanted us to be able to just talk about the things that we don't get a chance to talk about Sunday services. Um, to be able to enlighten people, to um, not create a forum for argumentation, but to be able to hopefully allow people to hear um, personal testimony, personal journeys of of their walk, um, their spiritual walk, um, what it entailed, how they grew, the whole nine. And it's also a forum to just discuss some things that are not sometimes as comfortable to talk about um, with strangers or with family or whatever the case may be. So my prayer is that um, someone will grow, someone will trust because they weren't able to trust before and ultimately that salvation will come forth. So with saying that, um, I met Monica about a couple of months ago, maybe a little bit longer, right, at um, a TED Talk event hosted by Tanja Thompson, and it was in Leesburg, Virginia. And I just admired um, Pastor Monica's bravery with her topic. Um, it's, it's very personal, um, but it's necessary because I think, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, that people have um, a stigma on or not necessarily stigma, a way that they uh, feel women in ministry, their background should be and how, how it sometimes defers from a male in ministry. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a lot of confusion around that. So I, I and if I'm, 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 I'm a friend of Monica's on social media, and I can tell you that um, what I see from her post is positive, is, is motivating, and you can, I, I know that she's chosen. She's not just doing it just to be doing it. So with, without further ado, Monica, um, just go ahead and um, share what you want to share today. And then if there's any questions, I'll fill in at that point. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start. There's so much going on. And thank you for, for that wonderful, sweet introduction. Um, you know, we, we do our best to... Um, be an ambassador for Christ and you never know how that's coming off to people. Um, but to hear that the message is translated well is definitely encouraging. Um, so yeah, today, um, what's really on my heart, uh, I'll, I'll talk about, so I'm very passionate about reconciliation, um, not just, uh, in the church and between different genders and, um, you know, socioeconomically, uh, racially as well. That's something we're getting ready to launch into for our church that I'm very excited about. Um, and that was something I touched on uh, when I shared my own testimony um, at the 
TEDx event that Tanja was putting on. <clears throat> and that was very difficult for me. I'm sure you recall. Yes. I have uh, complex PTSD. And so getting in front of large crowds is a little more than, I don't have a fear of public speaking. I've done lots of podcasts and I've spoken in front of people when I was younger. Um, I used to be on a stage regularly singing and things like that. And I was very outgoing and, and confident. But because of some things that happened in my young adulthood, some ab abuses uh, from a particular relationship and then working in the sex industry for about five, six years, <coughs> pardon me, um, some things, you know, got rewired in my brain and the way that I uh, operate. But God is good and he can, you know, overcome and heal that. And he has been slowly. Um, some things have been more quickly than others. I used to have uh, a panic disorder and anxiety and panic disorder. I would have panic attacks at night. Uh, I would wake up in tremendous fear and trembling and it was wow. not of the Lord. And I just remember those really difficult nights. I mean, to wake up in so much fear and, and terror and not even know what it's about. Um, wow. That was entirely different than just having anxiety during the day. Um, so again, to recap, as you remember seeing when I shared my yeah. my story, I was um, very shaky and it was beyond nervous. And it's something that goes away as I continue to do it. Um, but it's definitely difficult to begin with. And I know a lot of it is there's a spiritual warfare surrounding what I do, especially when I share my story. That's typically the time where it's the worst um, because of what God has led me through. So anyway, all that to say, um, I'm just kind of plugging away at what he has for me. So I, I grew up in a very poor home. Uh, we had what we need, but that was because of um, community organizations and churches in the area, as well as um, government assistance. I, people think you can live off government assistance. You can't. It hardly gets you by. Um, so I saw my mom go through that and, yeah. and did that for a little bit by myself and uh, food stamps and WIC don't buy diapers and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. pay your phone bill and pay your electric bill. There's so many other things um, that people don't understand um, who have never been in that environment. And so it was a struggle. I was uh, pregnant, not, not my uh, choice, uh, but I love my son. He's 17 now, but I became pregnant at 17. And so trying to get by, I fell away from the church because I became impatient with the environment that I was in. And so um, I was living in a HUD housing neighborhood. Uh, it was all, everyone was on assistance or you had to have a certain income level to live there. It was section eight neighborhood. And there was, um, it was mostly minorities and there was higher crime rate. Um, the police didn't care too much for our neighborhood. I remember at one point I was robbed at gunpoint with my son in the stroller. He was about uh, two at the time. <laughs> and the police took about an hour just to show up. And then when they did show up, they started profiling the people in the neighborhood. And I'll tell you, I know this for sure, because I walked up and one of the officers was speaking to a friend of mine. And I said, excuse me, what are you doing? And he said, excuse me, miss, this, this, he fits the um, description of someone, you know, who committed a robbery. I said, well, actually, I gave the description and no, he doesn't. And you wow. can let my friend go now. <laughs> so, I've seen a lot of things on the other side of society that um, typically a 
a 36 year old uh, white female may not have seen and experienced just because of my socioeconomic standing when I was younger and the situations that I was in. Um, so that's something I've become very passionate about as well. Um, you know, I could talk on being a female pastor, but uh, I've, I've come to realize that, you know, either people are, are okay with it and they realize the workers are few and that's not something we really need to be debating. Uh, if God calls you, he calls you or they don't and they want to argue. And so I've settled somewhere on um, I have work to do. And if you want to be a part of that, you're welcome. And if you want to debate me, well, I have other work to do that's more important than having debates with people who are convinced that they are right. And so I'm just not going to waste my time with that one anymore. I love um, that. I would encourage other women not to as well, because um, I think one of the main tools of the enemy is just distraction. Mm -hmm. You know, we see it in social media and anything we get caught up in is distraction. Don't get distracted. There's so much work to do that's of the Lord and better. Um, so anyway, all that to say where I'm at now, um, I've had a, a huge breadth of experience in life and um, planting a church now in Stafford, Virginia, a New Wine Community Church. We have a, a small, solid team here. We're getting ready to uh, hopefully in the coming months actually start a, a reconciliation community in our area where we can foster some dialogue and care for people um, of color in our community who haven't really had a voice uh, and just get together and listen and and start fostering some relationships you know just create a space where people can form those relationships and and listen and be heard um, because that's something that no one's really doing regularly in our area and I, I keep hearing it come up and that's something I'm very passionate about also having seen what people go through um, once you see it you can't unsee it and so uh, God has definitely given me the, it's time to go and actually do something. Cause I can sit around and be passionate about it all day, but unless I do something, well, <laughs> exactly. That's faith without works, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. So you said you're, it's a started, uh, you're planting a church in Stafford's and, yes. and it's in the focus is reconciliation, which is phenomenal because there's not enough of that. Um, what does your congregation look like um, in population as far as, is it um, all age groups? What is What does your congregation look like? We're very small right now. And mm -hmm. so I have the gift of being able to sort of form that from the beginning yes um since we don't have a pre-existing church we're not trying to remission or anything we're just ground up i mean our team our leadership team right now is three people yeah. um, also the structure for that it's more community it's not um senior pastor top down everyone on my team will be discipled focus on discipleship mostly in the church and everyone on our core team which is what we would call it for the leadership team um will be discipled to the extent that, you know, if something should happen to me or I would, wasn't able to show up and lead some Sunday, other people will be capable. Yeah. Um, so it's really about empowering each other and discipling together um, and then growing out from there. But right now we don't have a lot of diversity. We do have some people who show up, um, my friends who are of color and they will come and, and be a part of. So, but as far as our core team, we don't have a lot mm -hmm. of diversity part of that is that you know my husband and I are both white and then we have one other person so there's not a lot of room for it yet yeah um, 
but I would like that, you know, and, but then you, you wonder like how, how to do it. It's difficult. You know, you pray about it, mm-hmm. um, obviously, but you don't want to just have diversity for the sake of having diversity either, because that's not really honoring people. Right. Um, I can't just go out and say, I'm going to pick you and I want you to be on this team. And will you do this because you are black or Hispanic? Like that's not something that's of the Lord either. And I think that our churches, as we've seen in our country, Mm -hmm. have attempted to um, foster some environment of diversity, but overcorrected and ended up doing just that and going out and saying, I need to have a black person on my worship team. I need to every once in a while play some you know, um, Christian hip hop or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. And I'm not black, but I would venture to say that's almost insulting um, because you're not really honoring someone's culture unless you're including them in the formation of that culture for your church. So you can't just sing a gospel song uh, because you want people to feel comfortable being at your church. If they're of color, you sing that song because that person has leadership stake in your church and they're a part of forming that community. It's very different. So the heart behind it, I think we're still missing, even though there's an effort to foster that diversity. So I'm trying to long answer to your question, but I'm trying (laughs) to be careful about going slow. And hopefully, um, you know, ideally down the road, as we just serve our community and help um, start some of these conversations and and be a part of them and and learning and listening us as well. that something will grow out of that, that helps our church also to be diverse as we grow. And I agree with that as well, because I've been a member of um, all African-American churches. I've been a member of multicultural churches. I've been the one of three African-Americans in an all white church before. And, you know, the anointing is what draws people Yes. Through the building in the first place. And that can't be faked. No. Um, and the the least person that you can pull the wool over their eyes is a new believer. Um, so, you know, starting, as you said, with reconciliation, you're already um, the anointing of the heart of God is in work when you're starting there. Um, I mm-hmm. love the story in the the Bible. I don't want to call it a story, but the 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 event in the Bible when Jesus goes through the graveyard and this person that's an outcast that no one can deal with, he can't even deal with himself, recognizes mm-hmm. the anointing on Jesus and worshiped him. It didn't talk about salvation. It just recognized who he was. And even the demons had to recognize who he was. Yeah. And because of that, they were able to loose the man because of the anointing on Christ. And, you know, that's one thing I believe that's missing in this 21st century church is the ability to have anointed staff um, yeah. and, and to be able to identify the real anointing versus um, um, games or... Or talent even. I mean, if it yes. comes to worship, we have many, and this was a discussion regularly um, that I heard and sometimes got to be a part of, but because I, I sing as well, not right now, I'm, I'm not feeling, you know, I'm under the weather, 
but um, I love worship. I love worship. And, but there's such a difference between um, singing well and, and really singing uh, as a, a movement of the spirit is flowing through you. There, yeah. There's such, such a difference. And sometimes it can be hard to tell when you yeah. wrap music into it because we get emotional about that. And sometimes we think our feelings uh, are of the Holy Spirit. Uh, not necessarily <laughs> that's true that's very true yeah i am um, it's, it's i think and i think that we as leaders are accountable for or should be accountable for being able to identify what's of god what is not and yes. to teach our the people that are around us the people are close that are closest to us the difference between the two and, and doing it in love and not yeah. judgment so that the correction will be received and and not um, we're not intentionally hurting people's feelings by being um, just cruel. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I like that. Um, so your church plant is started. Um, your ministry is going to be a ministry of reconciliation. One thing I wanted to talk to you about because I, I find that very fitting because of a post that I saw I think it was this week from your sister um, yes that was absolutely amazing you're telling um, me I, I'll let you tell it but I thought that was phenomenal and how that ties in with what you said and why I believe that you are anointed for reconciliation wow um God is so good. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, so yeah, I've had a, a struggle in the past with my own family in our, uh, for sake of not launching into new arguments, I'm just going to say lack of agreement uh, on uh, sexuality. Um, I believe that it is biblical that marriage is between a man and a woman. I believe that uh, people have strayed from that, uh, in part because, you know, men and women haven't honored each other as uh, Christian families to begin with. We haven't really provided a great example there. Exactly. Um, so let, let's just talk about everybody here, you know, to, to lump this all in. We're not doing a great job uh, honoring each other. And what God has given us is that institution of marriage. We're, we're just not. Um, and so there's some, some ground to be gained in that. But aside from that, um, I have had these discussions with my family. My mother, um, she married a woman some years ago and she came to me and she told me that she was going to get married. And I said, well, you're an adult. And I, I don't know what else to say. I wasn't going to say congratulations. That's not something I believe I should congratulate her on, though. I love her partner. My mother has passed um, just in this last month. And <clears throat> pardon me. Yeah, my mother, uh, she just passed it uh, several weeks ago. Um, but she's with the Lord. I mean, she was a believer. She just, she never stood strongly in that identity that Christ gave her. Um, and so there were some things that he was still dealing with her on, you mm -hmm. know, before she left the earth. And and that's like that for all of us, on, you know, in different ways. Yes. Um, but for her, that was the thing uh, that she had not turned over. Anyhow, um, her partner I love her. She's a wonderful lady. Um, she, she loves the kids. She's kind. She cares about people. Um, just continuing to communicate with her after my mother is gone has brought some peace as well. 
Um, but as far as the relationship went, you know, that wasn't something I could support and they respected that. Um, so we came to a point where my youngest sister, um, you know, she is in that lifestyle as well. And at several occasions, she had reached out to me and asked me to come and support her if she were to be married. And I said, just as with my mother, I said, you know, I can't do that. That's not something that I believe or support. And she became very angry with me. Um, and some of it was made public this last time. And I made a video, if you guys went on my YouTube channel, I'll, I'll have to keep up with that better. But um, I did make a video, just sort of a plea um, to her and to anyone who would react um, emotionally or in a pushy way to try and uh, convince their loved ones who they feel rejected by to just see it their way and do it their way, to remove the, the strain and the stress of it uh, just for the sake of not feeling good. But there wasn't real reconciliation if you do that. If I just say, hey, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be part of this, um, we still don't agree. Um, there's still tension, but we're just kind of brushing it under the rug for the sake of let's move on with our life. And I don't think that that is... Um, that's not holy, it's not honest, and that's not how I would live. So I had to uh, respond honestly and say, this isn't something that I can do. And she became very upset. And so some of it became public. Um, and she, after my mother passed, um, you know, God's just really been working on her heart. I'm so proud of her um, mm. for surrendering to that because we don't have to, you know, right. we can fight it. Um, and she is, and that's beautiful. And, and she posted something just saying, you know, that she loves me and apologizing for um, the way she had behaved with me and the things she said. Um, and again, I won't go into it too much. Some of the people closer to us know uh, what happened and what was said, but it was just so beautiful to see. Yeah, you know, it's hard. It's hard in the waiting to do the right thing, especially when there are people close to you that you want it with everything in you. You wish that that just wasn't a thing so you could just support them and love them mm -hmm. and and say, yeah, go ahead, do your thing, be happy. But it's hard. It's hard because sometimes that line is drawn. Now, I'm not one that's divisive, obviously. I'm, I'm wholehearted into reconciliation. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes we have to acknowledge the divide is there to begin with. Otherwise, we can never get to the reconciliation. Exactly. And, and that's what happened in this. It was such a beautiful, um, it was a thing that just gave me so much hope, yeah. especially stepping into what we're about to do now, because this is a long road. It's not like we're going to have, uh, as a church, I mean, it's not like we're going to have two or three meetings and then everyone's going to just love each other and sing Kumbaya all day. It's going to take years, probably. So it's a big work, you know, but God he loves us. He wants us to be united. Um, that was Jesus's ministry of reconciliation. And yeah. so, I mean, what else could I do? You know, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it, but it was definitely seeing what happened in my sister and what God did there. That was a huge reassurance for what we're about to step into. Yes. I, I, when I saw that, I was like, that is amazing. And I commend your sister for even doing it publicly because she didn't yeah. do it publicly. She could have just pulled you to the side and said it, what she wanted to say. And it yeah. would have meant the same to you. But because of the fact that she did it openly and she did it publicly, that that's not something the enemy can fight her in anymore because it's written, it's exposed and now she has her walk and her, she can walk in the grace that was granted her even in that area. And, and I'm excited for her. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I love that because of her circles and where she 
lives and her relationships and her network, even just that post, she's speaking into so many lives in the yes. LGBTQ plus community that they might need to hear that for their own relationships and their own reconciliation. And that's so beautiful. It is. It is. Not everyone is, you know, walking on a hate trail right, <laughs> right now. There, there are so many things going on that we see every day that can easily make us throw in the towel and become bitter and just not be as mindful of our, our words or our thoughts. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a trick of the enemy too, because yep. we, we are what we say sometimes. And sometimes we say stuff in frustration that we really don't mean, but then we have to check our heart to make sure that do, do we not mean it or, right. or, yes. Yes. or am I, am I, is, is what we say heart we don't, is, but out of yeah, you know, the overflow of the heart. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, and then sometimes we don't want to mean it. <laughs> exactly. And, and we, then we need to recognize that it's there and then work on getting rid of it. You know, yes. that's what exposure does. And I love how God, he will allow us, he will allow us to expose ourselves yes. before our damnation comes. And I, I've loved that about him is that he, he gives us that opportunity to fix it before we're embarrassed publicly. Um, yeah. and, and, and once, if, if we could get people to see that the God that we serve is not a tyrant, um, that he purposefully does everything for our good and, yeah. and, and, and looking for that good and stuff. It is, it, it's, it's there. We, it may be minute, but it's still there and he's there and he's in the midst of it. So if he's in the midst of it, we can escape it. So. Um, yeah. I think that we're in a season where God is just revealing some things mm-hmm. um, and not to go, definitely not to go into a political discussion and that's right. just to take a hard line on either, but I am grateful uh, in a sense that President Trump is in office because for only for the reason um, that there is a lot that has been exposed that was latent mm-hmm. that people of color were experiencing and seeing daily that now people have felt more confident to speak up people who are racist or even, you know, using those um, microaggressions on day to day and don't realize it. Um, and there's a lot that was latent. It was just kind of simmering below the surface that we were certain the thing didn't exist anymore. Yes. And now those things are coming out and we can address them. And so even God works even in that. Yes. And especially because now if we can see it, we can deal with it. Yeah. One of the things, especially in the black churches, I used to hear all the time was, you know, let's just pray that he's impeached. And I'm like, you know, the prayer isn't in, is a, isn't about what you want. Yeah. Prayer is about what he wants in this situation. Yes. You know, our, the, our, the, our forefathers stayed in captivity because they weren't praying the right prayer. So how many years do mm. we want to live in bondage because we're praying selfish prayers? We need Come to on. pray his will we need to pray his way and someone needs to step forth and say, Lord, pick me. I'll be the one. Yes. And that's not happening. We're praying, but we're praying selfish prayers and we're praying in a way that will benefit and mm-hmm. his kingdom, his kingdom has to be the beneficiary of the outcome. 
And if it's not, then our prayers are in vain. We're praying, we're just, they're wasted words. Yeah. You know, and I, and I believe there are, there's a remnant of people who are, are, are tapped into the, 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 what God wants and they're, they're on, they're on their knees or they're on their face or they're in their prayer room and they're doing it. And, you know, when the, when the blueprint is sent from heaven, you know, we'll, we'll recognize it. We'll recognize the fruit of the labor of those that are praying, you know, for his will to be done. Because yeah, absolutely. And I, I've seen more and more of that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, uh, I don't know if you've heard of the 818, the sign conference. Um, and I mean, it's almost like a community now. Um, uh, the Fords are doing that. Have you heard that? I have not. Uh, I'll have to send you some information on that. But sure. if you look up 818, the sign, it's just a beautiful thing going on as far as um, having those discussions and the prayer, mm -hmm. uh, the prayers for reconciliation um, and, and on so many different fronts. I mean, they're just battling in the spirit and it's just beautiful. And the church planting network, I'm a part of V3, um, which is part of BGAV or the General Association in Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, there's just so much heart for um, really benefiting the kingdom, like what you said, instead of that selfishness. And, and we see, I think sometimes people will just talk about the church in a negative way in these uh, larger churches that um, prey on people mm -hmm. purposefully or not. It does happen because you get so big, you turn into a machine and then yes. people hurt. Um, and that's just the dynamics of it. Jesus stayed small for a reason. Yeah. You know, he lived among his disciples. He didn't, you know, give a sermon and then disappear. Um, hmm. So anyway, I'm not going to go into that too much, <laughs> but that's how he did it. So that's how I want to do it. You know, <laughs> but anyhow, um, there are people there. Are, I think there, are in, there's an increasing amount of people and groups uh, and movements that really are contending for what God wants in this world, contending for his will in this world, because that's where our peace is. This peace that everyone's grasping after for themselves, um, it's for everyone. And so as soon as we start excluding someone because of their socioeconomic standing or what they look like, or even a different denomination that they are, um, we're going against God's will. That's not his will for us. Right. Right. So I have hope there's a, there's a movement, you know, there's a revealing and a movement of people that, that really care and, and get it. That's, that's good to hear. And it's good to hear because sometimes we don't hear about the positive, it's particularly mm -hmm. those of us that watch, you know, the, the news and, you know, are, are subjected to, um, just even some, there are days when I just cannot look at Facebook because yeah. of the confusion across the pages of, of, of posts and, and comments of, of, from people who are in ministry, have ministry, um, are walking in the ways of God, but their language does some things I agree. I mean, some things are funny and, but I'm getting to the point that even it's time out from that too. It's, it's just, it's just time. It's time to do it different. Yeah. And yeah keep doing it the same way. The results will always be the same. Um, 
and and who is it benefiting in the long run um and it, there is a defined benefit um and that defined benefit is divine um and we just need to focus on that instead of the rhetoric is just is, is heartbreaking actually yeah it is um i think you know what just happened recently with this uh very young lady um who uh the police officer in texas who shot that young man in his apartment mm -hmm. was heartbreaking um i posted about this earlier today um what really has bothered me is not um you know there's it's a freedom from religion uh organization they're wanting to you know come down on that judge for giving uh, the young lady, her Bible after her sentencing. But the big frustration for me is that there were people who are, uh, you know, that they're Christians and maybe they are, I don't know where they are in their walk, but you representing Christ and you're saying, Oh, it's too soon for that young man to forgive her yes. or, or it, or that it was fake, uh, or a bought or, you know, act from him or, um, and I, I sat there and I watched the video and I watched that young man even before, he almost had to give the qualifier that, um, and he did, that he wasn't speaking for his family because they wouldn't agree with him because they were angry. And yes, you, you are allowed to be angry in those situations. Yes. But when you watch a young man, so a very young man, so bold, mm -hmm. so bold in his faith to yep. stand up and give love to that woman, um, to speak, there's something wrong. Yeah. There's something very wrong. As he did, he he stood up and he showed her love, and he and he brought Christ's name straightforward to her as the solution. Mm -hmm. He said, "That's what I want for you. I don't want you to go to jail. I want you to accept Christ." He recognized that's the solution, and as Christians, we should recognize he's yeah. the solution because if we have it, then are we Christian? I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> I'm not going to judge people, but we need to evaluate those things. Like, exactly. are we letting our experiences have? more say in how we behave and how we see people than who God says we are. And, you know, and there's, he's, I, I don't even want to say I understand. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the fact that he did that. It gave me a level of back, back to where there, there are people out here who really love the Lord and will show it. And regardless to whatever people, anyone else thinks, regardless to what anyone else thinks, he had to stand on what he believed. And he believed that Christ is the answer for her, as it is for right. all of us. And I'm glad he, that was, I'm glad that it was videoed for others to see. And we really yeah. need to step back and look at ourselves in that. And I think we're starting to see, for, we're starting to see what some people are really made of right now even in that, even in forgiveness, like forgiveness is for the, it's not for the other person, it is for himself. He had to forgive her for himself. But so I, we hear that a lot. And that's um, something that I've thought on and I've, I've kind of come back around to a couple times. The, is it really, is it really for us? Like it's for us when it's given to us. So if we give it, it's for the other person. It is. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, it's for us as well. It does benefit us. Um, but it's not one or the other. It's right. both and. Like Christ came, he didn't die for himself. He died for right. us. Right. And so when we do that, and sometimes we say, oh, it's for us. 
um, that actually, um, I wrote a blog post on this at some point. I'll have to, I wish I could reference it for now, but it's, what was the title? It was Forgiveness and the Lies We Believe. And it's on my website, monicagarysenior.com. Um, so if you just Google that, you'll find it. But it talks about that that statement. And sometimes we pick up stuff in the church that we're like, it sounds good, but we don't have the whole the whole story mm-hmm. and the whole narrative. You know, we kind of take it out of context by accident. Because um, it's true, but it's not like, it's not the full picture. That's- and there was a um, theologian, I think, who said that you know, that forgiveness is, you know, for us. And, but it was in a, a larger, or some kind of statement he made. It's all in that, that post that I wrote. Um, but it's also for the other person. Mm-hmm. It is. And the moment that we start seeing it is just, is the moment that we twisting the gospel. So, so yes. And, <laughs> right. Yeah. So yes. And, um, yeah. but I think it's hard for, we almost have to be, now because people do pray themselves as you mentioned and we mm-hmm. do think everything is about us and in america we are so individualized if i make it i'm good forget everybody and that's not for god's people that's not how we're supposed to be that's true that and and to clarify what i said it is for us um from from the standpoint of because what you said is is true i'm not disputing what you said i think that many times if it's for us in 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 the way that it it allows us to not move into that um, arena of bitterness and of hatred and of all those other things that attach to unforgiveness. So when I use it that way, it is to spare us from the um, the the repercussion of all the other things that come with unforgiveness. Absolutely. You get it. I just <laughs> think that as we're talking about it, yeah. people listen, we, we got to give them the whole thing because yeah, sometimes and, and, people, if they don't hear it, they just take that one, you know? Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, 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 I thank you. I thank you. I want to, um, you mentioned, um, and initially about, you know, how you stepped away um, from the Lord when you were younger because of your impatience. And I like that um, because I wanted to ask you, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, um, when did you realize that you had a call on your life and not only recognizing the call, started actively moving in the direction of your call because you know some people can say oh i remember the day that the lord called me and i can remember some stuff too but i can also remember the years in between that yeah (laughs) (laughs) that i did absolutely (laughs) nothing and ran in the opposite direction so um so what was that like for you? I'm, I'm sure you identified that you were yeah. different and there was a call in your life or there is a. So when I was, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> it's been about 20 years in the making now. Um, so when I was a teenager, um, I was going to this very small African-American Baptist church in Springfield with a friend of mine. And I loved it. They were just such wonderful people. Um, her mother, my friend's mother, um, she was like a mother to me. She still is just in my heart. I love her so much. Um, I could call her two in the morning. She'd get out of bed and pray with me. Um, just beautiful woman and beautiful family. 
And um, so I went with them for a while and I went to this uh, revival and there was a woman named Tammy. She came up from North Carolina and everyone said, oh, she's this prophetess. And I'm like, all right, y'all. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm hearing all these stories. Oh, that's how she came, this and this. And she knew stuff. I didn't, I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone's got some hype around something. And I was a little doubtful, obviously, but um, I fasted all that week. It was past the um, week of I remember I went every single day and I just needed to be there. There was a lot of turmoil in my house growing up. Like I said, there was, it was just an abusive environment, a lot of um, drug, alcohol, addiction, violence, you know, um, uh, emotional abuse. Uh, so anyways, it was very difficult. And so I would go with my friend and I don't think she went all the days, but I ended up going, I just needed to be there. And um, I just remember her powerful preaching, this washing this. I mean, she was like sweating and still going and drink the water and she's losing her voice and she's got the towel. I mean, there were men standing up there, you know, just giving her towels and water because she was just going. It was amazing. And so at the end of this week, um, she had it come over to me and her her stare was so intense. I remember mm-hmm. her looking at me and um and she anointed me. She told me I was going to be a teacher and I had no idea what that meant. I thought I'm going to teach math in high right. school or something. Cause I'm an, you know, I'm a teenager and it means to serve the church and, you know, for the upbuilding and the good of the kingdom. I don't know any of that. So I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Right. But she anointed me and she, she prayed over me and I had the first time I felt the Holy spirit in that moment. And it was just the most, it was like a peaceful nothingness, like all the weight had lifted and just been filled with the spirit. And it was incredible, um, incredible experience. I've never felt since. And that was, uh, again, when I was a teenager. So I became pregnant uh, shortly after I got um, with my, my first son. And then I was just trying to sort the world out from there. I became impatient. I was not in a good environment, as I described earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started working in waitressing and pool halls and then strip clubs and I was working there dancing and I did that you know for five or six years and I was also drinking very heavily and selling drugs and doing drugs because no one obeys the first rule and you always do your own supply yeah <laughs> so nobody makes any money and nobody gets out so if you're listening to this it's not going to work find a job so anyways mm-hmm. uh you know I was, had my ex living off of me you know I'm paying all his lawyer fees and all his commissary and all that stuff and he got out and really really hurt me bad physically. Um, and so I was trying to get out of that relationship and long story short, I met my now husband. He was a good friend to me and helped me leave that. Um, he and I got married, but two years into our marriage, uh, everything had settled down. I had left the, the industry and my boys, I had two boys at that point were back with me and I had had a little girl with my husband. And I just remember thinking all the things in my life are the way they should be as far as the world standards for I should be happy now. Hmm. Everything is stable. Things are good. My family's together. You know, my husband provides enough so I can stay home with my kids and, and things are good, mm-hmm. but I was still unhappy. And he and I had some baggage and we were just going at each other and we were going to get divorced. I know it, if it wasn't for this intervention. And I just started praying and fasting. I remembered fasting as a teenager during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started praying and fasting for my marriage and then it just kind of came full circle to, um, I wanted to honor God and I really wanted to follow him now, not just go to church. And, you know, I said a prayer, I was a believer as a kid and I believe God would honor that. Um, but I wasn't walking with him and I was not honoring him. And so I pray for faith cause I couldn't, I couldn't find it. 
I wanted to believe. I almost became Muslim because I thought if I mess up this Jesus thing, that's idolatry and I'm in a lot of trouble. So I was like, weigh in my options. How do I not get in trouble here? Um, But I I begged for faith, faith like Thomas got uh, when he saw Jesus and he doubted. And God gave me that like in an instant. And from that moment, I just had this overwhelming desire. Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it all came back. I was like, what do I do with this? So I prayed about it. And then I talked to my pastor. He didn't know I said that prayer. We were going to church at the time. And uh, we had found a different church we're going to. And um, I had a meeting with my pastor. Uh, I had gotten in trouble about something. I was arguing with someone, believe it or not. And uh, (laughs) he kind of lectured me a little bit. And then he was like, you know, you should go to seminary. You could become a pastor. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that's the answer. So since then, I've been in school and, you know, in ministry and, and just trying to live like Christ and get closer to him. So it's kind of crazy. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. I'm excited. I remember much longer. I remember when we met and I introduced myself to you and I said to you, I don't know if you remember, I said, congratulations. And I said, I don't know why I'm saying congratulations to you, but I'm hearing congratulations. Now, I don't know what that meant still, so maybe you know what it means by now, because I have no idea still. I just remember saying congrats. I'm like, why am I saying congratulations to her? Because I needed it. You know how hard that was for me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I got in the car. I made an Instagram video on my live. I was like, I'm sweating. I know, like, all over the place. I'm shaking like a leaf. It's not easy for me, because, like, when... Everything I went through, mm-hmm. my ex was very abusive. I mean, he held me hostage for 12 hours in my basement wow. apartment and beat me up. Like something broke in me during that time. Mm-hmm. And, and that wasn't the only time. That was just the accumulation of it. Um, and something broke in me during that time. And, and I continued to experience difficulties after that because of my victim mindset. And so it's taken a long time. And I'm just, it's a process. Mm-hmm. But it's taken a long time for me to even be able to say, okay, I'm going to do this, even though it scares the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I don't want that in me anyways. Right, <laughs> right. I'm going to do it. So so that's why you said it. I think I needed that in that moment. It was meaningful wow. right then. Because that was hard for me. Wow. God, he- I, I was like straight in anxiety for like an hour before I actually got up and spoke for oh, wow. two minutes. What was it? Like two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> it was longer than that, believe it or not. But still. <laughs> wow. God, he does all things well. I say that a lot. God does all things well, all things, all He does. Well, Monica, Pastor Monica, I thank you so much for for taking time out of your day to do this with me. Um, I knew we needed to come together for something. I don't know what God has in store, but his timing is always the perfect timing. Um, I want to express my condolences. Um, I know that's hard. I've gone through it. Um, And, you know, just rest in the Lord and allow his peace to overtake when those days get hard and those times get hard. Um, I'm not going to lie and say it gets easier because (laughs) I haven't experienced that yet. Um, We we always miss our mom. Um, But um, I just just pray his peace over you and your family um, in these years and days to come. And I wish you well, not wish, I pray you all the best over
over you and in um, the church that you're planting and that God will send you people who have your mindset that is out to do what you're trying to do and will not be a thorn in your side. Thank you. <laughs> it's a hard, hard task. Ministry is hard. Yeah. You know, yeah. but the fruit of it is not for us only. So, you yeah. Know, but I thank you and I hope to talk to you soon. And um, what is the, your, um, you said you have YouTube videos and you said you also have a blog. Get- so, yeah, yeah. Um, so I have my Instagram is at Monica Gary Sr. My website is monicagarysenior.com and that's senior SR at the end. We have seven children. My youngest is Monica Jr. I joke that we ran out of names, so we just gave her mine. Um, <laughs> so, um, and I do have a YouTube channel as well. I'm not as active on there. I started to be, but I wanted our church um, and the, I was going to put sermons and stuff on there. So there are a few, but I wanted our church to be uh, something very personal and protecting, uh, you know, the people who are a part of it for now. Um, and they're, it's an intimate thing. Our, our, the sermons are very conversational now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really beautiful. I wish people could be a part of, but unless you come, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to get in. I can't just put it out to the world because right. it's, it, it's a treasure, you know, yeah. it's something that's just growing and, and new. Um, and I just want to honor people, but I do have the channel. Um, I have my Instagram. I also have the Facebook page. Um, my personal Facebook and my uh, public Facebook have the same picture. Um, so one of them says public figure. That's just because there's not a option for pastor. I don't know why, but so that's what it is. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, sister, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, you um, you know, asking me to, to come and share, you know, what God's put on my heart here and, and getting to have this discussion with you. It means a lot to me. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, well, Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for joining us for our episode today of Let's Talk About It um, with Pastor Ramona. Um, And until the next time, be blessed.